How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Genius Life. I'm your host, Max Lugavere, a filmmaker, health and science journalist, and the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Genius Foods. In this episode of the show, I'm super excited to introduce you to my friend, Gretchen Lidecker. Gretchen is Mind Body Green's health editor and has worked on the academic and clinical side of integrative medicine for many years. She did her undergrad in biology and earned her master's in physiology with a concentration in complementary and alternative medicine. But what this podcast is going to be about is her new book, CBD Oil, Everyday Secrets, a lifestyle guide to to hemp-derived health and wellness. CBD is quickly becoming one of the top health trends out there, and spending on legal cannabis worldwide is expected to hit $57 billion by 2027. The business is growing like a weed. See what I did there? I'm super excited to go on this nerd safari with Gretchen because I don't really know a whole lot about CBD. It's just not an area of focus for me. Nonetheless, Gretchen's research has convinced me that CBD is definitely a powerful compound that is worth keeping tabs on and even trying out yourself. So over the next hour, you're going to discover the key differences between cannabis, marijuana, hemp, THC, CBD. There's a lot going on there, and even I get confused sometimes, but not anymore. You're going to discover the potential benefits of CBD, including its implications for autoimmunity, anxiety, cancer, and pain, you're going to start to understand the ubiquitous endocannabinoid system and the role that it plays in your health. You're going to find out why you might want to give CBD a try, even if you, like me, have never enjoyed the high from marijuana. And Gretchen is going to grace us all with a buyer's guide of sorts so that we can know what to look out for when buying CBD-infused products, including some specific brands to check out and an unofficial dosing guide. I'm beyond excited. But before we get to the show, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about the value of medicinal mushrooms, another set of compounds pounds that have really taken the spotlight recently in the health and wellness movement. Before I recorded this episode, I took a few um, packets of an extract of lion's mane mushroom that I got from my friends at Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic is a great company that makes a number of elixirs and organic instant coffees infused with medicinal mushrooms like lion's mane, uh, reishi, cordyceps, and others. And it could be a placebo effect because lion's mane is sort of marketed as a cognitive enhancer. But, you know, I do feel like a, uh, a sense of clarity and focus when I take lion's mane before recording these podcasts. There's also some interesting evidence on lion's mane as it pertains to neuroplasticity, which is very important. Neuroplasticity is the ability of your brain to change over time. Um, and so, you know, it's a compound that I think is definitely worthy of more research, but in the time being, it's something that I find very easy to integrate into my day, either in Four Sigmatic coffees, um, which combine coffee and lion's mane, or just in the elixirs that they have that taste great. So if you'd like to give lion's mane a try, I recommend going to foursigmatic.com max, where you will get to save 15% off of everything at foursigmatic.com. I'm also a fan of their reishi powders and also their ground coffee that um, you can use in a French press. So go to foursigmatic.com slash max or use promo code max and you'll get to save 15% off of everything at foursigmatic.com. People are raving about this stuff. It's not just me. And that's the best discount that you're going to find anywhere on the interwebs. So check them out. All right. I'm just about to get to the interview with Gretchen where we're going to discuss all things CBD. But before that, guys, it would mean the world to me if you would go over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a rating and a review. Your words of praise could be exactly what it takes to convince a new listener to listen to the show, thereby improving their life in a myriad of ways. You gotta pay it forward in life, you know? The other thing that I'd really appreciate if you enjoy listening to the show is if you were to take a moment to share it on social media. Take a screen grab, post it on Instagram, tag me, that would be so cool and would help spread the word about the genius life. I mean, you guys have already made this a top podcast on iTunes. I'm so excited by that. And it inspires me every day. But we got to keep the momentum going. So take a screen grab, share it loud and proud. 
tag me. If I see it, I'll reshare it. And let's continue to spread the word about the genius life. That would be amazing. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, you're going to learn a lot from this episode. So I don't want to uh, dilly-dally any further. Let's just get straight into it. Here's Gretchen. Thanks for being here, Gretchen. This is awesome. I know. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for this podcast because I get asked a lot about CBD and I'm super interested in CBD, but it's not a major research focus area for me. I don't spend a lot of time learning about it. So I'm really excited to learn from you. I'm really excited to share some of the things I've learned. I mean, it was it's it's also not an easy area to research as a researcher. Uh, it's pretty convoluted. So it's good to like get your information straight from the source. Hmm. Why would why do you think it's so convoluted? I mean, the first thing is that you know, it's really hard to find information on CBD from someone who's not also trying to sell it to you, which is also sort of the case in health and wellness in general. But I find that especially to be true for CBD. And also there's still that stigma attached to it because of its, you know, super close relationship with marijuana that I think it's, it's always been a bit of a risk um, for people to really delve in and study it, you know. Yeah. Now, do you have a, a do you have a line of CBD supplements, or is it just a, a passion project for you? No, this is a total passion project. I'm not affiliated with any, you know, CBD brands other than like I I showcased a few that I'm I think are doing a particularly good job in in the book, um, like in the different recipes. Uh, but no, I, uh, in fact, I say like in the beginning of the book, uh, I really am writing this as a total cannabis CBD industry outsider, but a health, you know, a health and wellness and integrative medicine industry insider. And I think people really need that perspective because I just think cannabis and hemp and this whole thing can be really unapproachable, uh, to people who just, you know, want to live healthier and, you know, maybe they're comfortable with herbs and they're comfortable with supplements, but this is sort of a big leap for people. It's it's sort of st- similar to the stigmatization that I guess has cer- that um, you know has taken the research surrounding MDMA and psilocybin mushrooms over the past couple of decades and really kind of slowed progress there in terms of its clinical application for treating things like post traumatic stress and depression, anxiety, stuff like that. So I'm super glad that uh, you were able to unearth all of this really important research. So let's just start with like the basics. What is CBD and what would you say the main differences are between CBD and THC, the other, um, you know, more well-known compound or or component rather of uh, marijuana? Yeah. So basically, you know, the simplest way to put it is that CBD is one of the many compounds. There are, you know, there are thought to be over 80 found in the cannabis plant which actually includes both marijuana and hemp. And that's something that a lot of people, it's, you know, one of the first things that, that, one of the first things that surprises them is that, you know, hemp is cannabis and marijuana is cannabis and it's all cannabis. Uh, And basically CBD is gaining a lot of fame right now because um, it all sort of started with um, its ability to help people with rare seizure disorders who um, weren't responding to medications. And then uh, it sort of exploded into all the other health benefits of it. And obviously the biggest difference between CBD and THC is that THC is uh, intoxicating. Like THC is what the the compound in marijuana that gets you high. And CBD doesn't get you high, although it does affect the brain in some ways. 
Um, so actually, a lot of people refer to CBD as non-psychoactive, but um, sort of experts prefer to call it non-intoxicating because it does affect the brain, um, just not in a way that's going to impair your, you know, judgment or, you know, make you hallucinate or anything like that. Wow. Is CBD also found in hemp? Yeah. So, and that's, a, it's, it's funny because every question about CBD seems simple until you try to answer it. Hemp, like the definition of hemp is actually really confusing uh, because hemp, like legally, is actually just defined as certain parts of the cannabis plant. So it's defined as like the sterilized seeds and the stalks of the, the cannabis plant, which have been used to make hemp seed oil, you know, which has been legal for decades and, you know, hemp seeds like you sprinkle on your yogurt. Um, so hemp is kind of, it's not really a, it's not a whole, it's not an entirely different plant. Um, but then there's also sort of the legal definition of hemp, which is that it's a cannabis plant um, that has less than 0.3% THC. And that's sort of the definition that all of these CBD brands are going with of what distinguishes, you know, marijuana from hemp is just the amount of THC. So if you are looking to avoid THC, but wanting to add CBD to your supplement regimen, like what would you, what would you look for? So I would first look for, you know, you can get CBD oil online now. Um, and whether or not that's entirely legal is a bit of a debate, but you can buy, like you can just go on Amazon or you can go on, uh, you know, your fav- favorite CBD company's website and order them and they will ship it to you. I always look for a full spectrum hemp extract. Um, and that's because when we're talking about plant medicine, generally you want to sort of use the whole plant and not just an isolated compound. And the idea is that, you know, all the different cannabinoids inside the hemp plant, like we talked about, they're like over 80, all sort of work together synergistically. Um, and so I would look for a full spectrum hemp extract from hemp grown in the United States organically, if possible. And then the other thing I would always look for is that the company is lab testing their final product for uh, heavy metals because hemp is like a bio uh, accumulator. It like absorbs heavy metals from the soil and also, you know, potency and purity. So that's sort of like hmm. the go-to buyer's guide, you know. Is there like a like a standardized regulatory body that's testing CBD at this point? Sort of like, you know, in fish oil, we have IFOS or IFOS, which is like the international fish oil standards. Does that exist for CBD? So there, it doesn't. Um, some companies are doing third-party testing, which can help just make you feel more secure. And, and you know, that some most of them are using labs that are ISO certified, which means they're following like specific you know, techniques. Uh, but no, unfortunately, like there isn't, you know, one certification program or one, you know, lab that, you know, you're kind of, it's sort of no man's land right now. And hopefully that will get better. Um, but yeah. like, if it's a great sign, if on the website, they're talking about testing, they have, you know, examples of their, you know, testing results, and they're willing to send them to you. And a lot of companies are because, you know, the companies that are doing it right are really doing it right. It's really not that much, you know, it's not unlike sort of the supplement industry in general. You know, there are people doing it really, really well. 
And then there are people kind of ruining it for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One bad apple. But um, generally I I have a lot of faith in, um, I think people are ultimately good, but yeah, it it is important to, um, you know, have independent third party tests, especially when such, you know, incredible degrees of commerce are tied to these products, especially now, you know, there's like this buzz so is CBD really legal? Like, what is the legal status of CBD at this point? So technically, uh, CBD is a Schedule 1 substance, just like THC, just like um, LSD, because it's uh, extracted from the cannabis plant. Uh, and that means technically that there's, you know, they define Schedule 1 substance as having a high risk for abuse and no known medicinal value. So it's uh, it's kind of gotten lo- like you know lumped in there uh, with cannabis and THC and other drugs like LSD and um, heroin and things even, uh, and you'll see a lot that people will say that CBD is legal in all fifty states, and it does fall in a bit of a legal gray area depending on what part of the plant you use to extract the CBD oil, um, but no. The short answer is that no CBD is not legal in all 50 states, but they, you know, all these CBD companies have been operating without any kind of enforcement. Um, and hmm. it's because it's a very, very safe compound um, and it's non-psychoactive. Um, and there's also a sort of the legal precedent they use to sell these CBD oils nationwide is that hemp is technically defined as, you know, cannabis with less than 0.3% THC. So, um, and that's not, that kind of is a legal gray area, um, but that's sort of what's happening right now. And that could change, but I don't see it changing very soon. What made you want to study CBD and write a book about it ultimately? (laughs) I, so my background is in science. Uh, I have like a, a degree in biology and then a master's degree in physiology and integrative medicine. And, you know, now I work for uh, a media company called Mind Body Green, and I'm a health editor, and I just spend all my days swimming through the next wellness trend and the next herb and the next supplement. And this one just, it's, you know, as far as plant medicines go, hemp and CBD are, I mean, they're absolutely incredible. And they, we've just sort of been sleeping on them for so many years you know, and I had written off, like I, it's funny, I write in the book, I, I have never been a a weed smoker, I cannot do it. It makes me heart palpitations, panic the whole nine yards. It's very embarrassing. But so I had kind of written off, you know, cannabis as medicine, thinking like, you know, it just doesn't work for me. But when I really discovered CBD, and you know, how it's different from THC, and how the ratios between the two affect how you react to cannabis, uh, it was pretty eye-opening, and it it just really feels like people need to know about this. I um, totally relate. I've had a pretty long – one of the reasons why I feel like I don't really know all that much about CBD is because I've had a bias against it just because my own personal experience with weed has never been a pleasant one. And and actually, if, um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn a little bit more from the perspective of a – of a food-focused psychiatrist, you can check out episode 26 of The Genius Life, Fixing Anxiety and Depression with Food. My guest on it, um, Drew Ramsey, is a psychiatrist, and he says that a very underreported risk for 
smoking weed is uh, it can trigger psychosis in a vulnerable person. I mean, this is not commonly reported, but I definitely can attest to the fact that whenever I've partaken in the smoking of marijuana, it's made me feel almost like I was, you know, going crazy. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah. And I mean, not seeing things, but just, re, you know, powerful uh, anxiety and it would make me really withdrawn. And it's just something that I've always, I've never been able to understand why anybody would enjoy getting high on marijuana because of my own personal experience with it. So yeah, I've, I'm curious if you, have looked into, you know, any kind of genetic basis for differential reactions to the, to the drug or. So, I mean, and I can totally relate to that. You know, I think people don't talk about that enough that they can put you in a temporary psychosis and sort of, you can disassociate, um, when you're high, uh, from everything that I've read and all the research, I think that's been done. The way you react to cannabinoids has everything to do with you know, not your age, not your gender, not your weight necessarily, but how your unique endocannabinoid receptors are distributed throughout your body. Hmm. Um, and I, I have a feeling there's also like, you know, if you are anxiety prone or have, you know, underlying kinds of things, I feel like, you know, being intoxicated sort of takes away your first line of defense, which is your rational, you know, uh, mind. But yeah, it, it really is like a very unique, it, it reacts in everyone so uniquely. And that's why it's so hard for people to make uh, laws about um, marijuana and driving, because some people drive better, some people drive worse. You know, if you smoke regularly, you, you know, it doesn't affect you the same way. Um, but it's interesting because CBD is actually, you know, while THC is associated with this, you know, psychosis and paranoia and hallucinations, CBD is actually described in almost all medical research as an anti, you know, an anti-psychotic compound. And it's sort of actually the same receptor that THC activates uh, that causes intoxication. CBD works to knock THC off of. Wow. So if, you know, and this has not been like, this is not like a (laughs) official recommendation, But if you smoke too much weed and you start getting paranoid, a lot of people will use CBD to like as an antidote. That is so interesting. Yeah. You mentioned the endocannabinoid system, which, you know, I know is very interesting. Can can you just tell us a little bit about what that is and how it rules our health? Yeah. So once you start learning about CBD, uh, it's like you, your mind is opened up to this whole huge system in your body. Um, so I guess I'll start with, you know, CBD and THC are found in plants, but there are very similar compounds that are found naturally in your body called endocannabinoids. And they're produced naturally, um, derived from omega-3 fatty acids in your body. Um, and then they're part of this sort of larger system in the body called the endocannabinoid system, which, you know, is, you know, has these endocannabinoids and then receptors and some enzymes and things like that. So, when you, you know, expose yourself to CBD or THC, you know, it's your endocannabinoid system that they're interacting with. And the endocannabinoid system is fascinating. Like they, they call it a master regulatory system because it's involved in anything from like appetite to pain, stress response, fertility. Um, and they've done a lot of studies on 
what they call endocannabinoid tone, which is sort of the health of your endocannabinoid system. And people with, you know, a high or low tone, um, which is basically just your concentration of endocannabinoids, uh, will have, you know, a higher incidence of headaches, of pain, of, uh, you know, um, autoimmune disease, anxiety. So they've really been able to link how your endocannabinoids are working with different diseases. That's super interesting. Is there a biomarker associated with it or can they do blood work? Like what's, how can we get a sense of how how our tone is? Yeah. I'm not exactly sure how they're measuring that. And it's very, like very preliminary. Um, But I know that like people, you know how we started testing the microbiome a few years ago and it was very like, you know, it wasn't all that helpful, but they could test for some different bacteria. Now it's totally exploded. I really see that happening with the endocannabinoid system. And I actually even, you know, as an editor, I get a lot of pitches and things. I actually got um, a pitch that they could test uh, sort of my system and my genetics as well to see how I might react to uh, different uh, cannabinoids. So I think it's like we're going to see a lot of that. And I think we will able to explain why you and I cannot smoke marijuana and our friends can in (laughs) the next couple of years. I've always wanted to know. I mean, it's (laughs) been, you know, something that I've wanted to understand since the middle of high school when I first started experimenting like with my friends and I had friends, some friends would seemingly thrive on the compound, you know, it would act like a nootropic. They would be at their most creative when they were, they were high on THC. Some friends it acted really to, um, it made them like, I guess what the stereotype is less ambitious. There was a decrease in motivation. They ended up becoming like the, the prototypical pothead. Right. Right. And for me, it made me feel absolutely like I was going bonkers whenever I would smoke even the smallest amount. Now, obviously set and setting was never ideal, um, in those instances. And you, as a kid, you're always, you know, like you end up smoking way more than, probably is necessary to derive therapeutic benefit. But nonetheless, just in terms of my own observation, it always really negatively affected me. So I would love to, to know why that may be, but I don't, I've done some, you know, a preliminary dive and I wasn't able to find anything. So I was just wondering if you, yeah, if you, uh, if I, you had anything. One of the big things that I think explains it a lot, like kind of has to do with the history of cannabis like marijuana used to be, and cannabis used to be distributed at pharmacies in the U S I mean, as late as like the 1930s and forties, I'm pretty sure. And when it was really used as a medicine, it cannabis, you know, they were using plants that had higher CBD and lower THC, which wouldn't, which would sort of like they CBD helps to balance out the negative effects of THC. And so, you know, then when it became illegal, and people were only using it to get stoned, naturally people were saying like the more THC a plant has, the higher it will get people, the more money I can sell it for. And sort of marijuana mutated into this like mat, like this plant with a massive amounts of THC and low CBD because that took away from the high effect. And, you know, and so that, you know, the, the, the marijuana, like people are smoking in high school is like, not sort of a necessarily medicinal version of the plant. It's more of a recreational version. Um, and if you live, if anyone's listening and you live in, you know, California or Colorado, 
you have access to virtually any ratio of CBD to THC. And, you know, you can get CBD oils that have a little bit more THC, but not enough to actually get you high. Uh, and sort of, you'll see ratios like, like, um, they say the cutoff for psychoactivity is like, a, an eight to one CBD to THC ratio. So anything above that, like a 10 to one or an 18 to one would be like CBD oil. It's, you know, for re- relaxation, it's not going to get you high and anything below that, like a four to one, two to one, one to one is sort of, uh, you know, stronger and it, it could have some psychoactive effects or intoxicating effects. So if you live in one of those States and, you know, Max, like you could, you know, sort of test your threshold to a much different degree than just, you know, if you're smoking a plant and you're like, Oh, I'm just going to take a tiny little puff or one puff like this is a much more scientific way to sort of test your reaction to both of the compounds. It's so funny. It's just another example of humans taking something natural and <laughs> messing it up. You know, we did that with fruit. Yeah. You know, we took these 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 super healthy wild fruits and we bred them to contain more starch and sugar than ever before in history. We took the wheat plant and we now are creating breads with, you know, and products with gluten in it so that, you know, we're just we're submerged in this protein that no human can properly digest. And we did the same thing, I guess, with the, with the cannabis plant. So let's talk about CBD and uh, its benefits. I mean, who is the, you know, the ideal candidate to experiment with CBD and what do they stand to gain from it? So, I mean, there's, it's funny because when I was starting to write the book, I was like, okay, I'm really going to narrow down these benefits because we can't put them all in there because I mean, if you guys read about it, it's like, I mean, there it's, everything from psoriasis to arthritis to anxiety to pain, like it's too much. Uh, but then when I was really researching it, you know, there is reason to believe it could help with so many different things. Um, but to me, the most exciting few are definitely chronic inflammation, which we talk a lot about in health and wellness. And I know Max, you talk a lot about it, um, as it pertains to the brain specifically. Um, CBD, like uh, reacts really intricately with the immune system and actually can, um, induce like T regulatory cells, which are sort of the, the cells that help distinguish between, you know, your own body and an outside invader, uh, which is like the most important part of an immune system. So I think like the, the potential for chronic inflammatory conditions and autoimmune diseases, uh, are really exciting. Also anxiety, uh, CBD interacts with um, GABA in the brain. Um, it interacts with serotonin receptors in the brain. Um, and it can sort of just help muscles relax. So that's really exciting. And um, also pain. Uh, THC is sort of famous for pain, but CBD also, like there's a lot of reason to believe that it could be really helpful for pain. And it's funny because those are three conditions, you know, that are sort of like, three of the biggest health problems we're facing today. Yeah, especially in the area of pain. I mean, the opioid crisis is just overwhelming 
um, you know, the healthcare system, law enforcement, and it's just a tragic thing. So the idea that we can have something that is effective as, as uh, a pain medication, but isn't as prone to, you know, addictive behavior, I guess that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. And in fact, like could actually help people get off opioids. And, you know, it's really described as an anti-addictive compound in every study. CBD is. And yeah, I think that's really exciting because the opioid crisis is just, I mean, it's bananas. And I think also um, CBD for pain is what's really going to drive, you know, doctors to start educating themselves on it because I don't think doctors can, with a good conscience, be giving out opioids and painkillers, you know, like they have been for the last, you know, few decades. I think they're really, you know, we've got to find an alternative because it's just, it's just destroying so many people's lives. I agree. Is there any research on CBD uh, and cancer? Yeah. Um, Well, first and foremost, like, you know, hemp is an antioxidant and it's, you know, an anti-inflammatory and it has been shown to have like direct anti-cancer, you know, anti-tumor properties, uh, which is really exciting. And of course, like, you know, those are very, very preliminary and, you know, but uh, it does seem to have like some potential there. And also it has a lot of potential for sort of these cancer treatment related issues like nausea and pain and anxiety. Um, And I I see it being used for that um, a lot more in the future, Uh, especially since it's, you know, a natural alternative with, you know, virtually no side effects which, hmm. you know, it's not something you hear very often, especially when, as it pertains to cancer. Can we talk dosing or is it, because I know that a lot of these studies have been done in, in rodents, but I mean, for somebody looking to maybe have a bit of an anxiolytic effect, you know, reduce anxiety, reduce inflammation, like what kind of dosing should people, should people be looking for? Yeah. So there are no like official dosage recommendations. Uh, and that's, you know, partly because everyone reacts so uniquely to the compound. But for me personally, um, I take 10 milligrams uh, once a day or twice a day, typically as just sort of a general everyday wellness. Like I think CBD and hemp oil is healthy. It's, you know, full of antioxidants. I think it helps sort of with my stress management. But if I'm like having anxiety, I will go up to like 30 or 40 milligrams. And you, you know, they kind of uh, say that over 100 milligrams a day is considered sort of a high dose um, and could potentially interact with some medications. But under that, you're pretty like, you're pretty safe. So, you know, I always just recommend and in my book, I have a, a to- like a sort of a dosing, like intro to CBD dosing guide. And it just sort of says, you know, take five milligrams for three or four days, see how you feel you know, then try 10, then try 15, you know, and just experiment with it. Because luckily, it's, you know, it's everything we know so far shows that it's very safe to experiment. And so it's you can have some fun with it, really. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that take as much as I mean, 100 milligrams to really like if they have bad insomnia to sort of knock themselves out. I I mean, I'm, I'm super excited to try. I have uh, a few sample droppers of, I was given like samples from a, a recent natural products convention that I was at. And, 
um, I'm excited to give it a try. What do you think is next for CBD research? And how can we sort of act collectively as catalysts to further it along? So, yeah. So the whole last chapter in my book is about sort of this, the, the, you know, the whole problem with researching CBD. And, you know, one of the questions I get a lot is like, you know, why aren't there more studies on this? Um, and as it turns out, studying CBD or, you know, as a schedule one technically substance is really, really hard in the United States. Uh, you have to get approval from like three federal agencies. None of it uh, until I think a couple of years ago could be done online. So it was like, imagine going to like the DMV, the IRS and the, you know, the post office uh, to get your, you know, approval. Uh, and it can take years and years and years to get uh, like plants or extract to use in your study. And the only supplier of like research, like cannabis and CBD for research in the U S comes from the university of Mississippi, which has like famously low quality plants and like they've had like issues with contamination. So it's re until those laws change, it's going to be really hard to have like really high quality research and a lot of high quality research because, you know, it takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication for these researchers to, to do this. Um, but I think, you know, just keep asking your doctors about it. Keep, you know, I just think like the wave is finally here and it's just being pushed so far into the mainstream. I mean, I don't know if you heard the news that Coca-Cola is thinking of making a CBD drink. I did not. That's crazy. Yeah. And so that's just one more symptom of like, we've all just decided it's mainstream now, you know, like the stigma hopefully will be over and like, we'll just be able to get to the truth because, you know, we don't know enough about CBD yet to say, you know, it's a miracle. It's, you know, this, I think it could be a really, really, really useful tool and is, but we just need to know more. What were some of the things that surprised you most about CBD over the course of your research process? So many things surprised me. I mean, the research thing was like just mind blowing. There's a there's an article in Rolling Stone that everyone should read, and it's about a doctor called Sue Sisley who was trying to study uh, CBD on uh, veterans with PTSD. And it took her like I mean, it like sort of outlines the saga that was getting approval. It took her like eight years, and that's just wow. on like it was just. It was, I would never have considered myself a cannabis, you know, advocate. And after that, I was like telling all my friends, like, can you believe this? You know, it's like veterans with PTSD who could be on, you know, 15 different medications, you know, that could be replaced by one plant and it shouldn't be this hard. So that shocked me to no end. Um, oh my gosh, so many things surprised me. Just, I mean, once you start reading about the endocannabinoid system, you just go down a rabbit hole. And I really think that it's going to be in the future, a really interesting way to measure a person's health. You know, there are even, you know, connections between the, you know, endocannabinoid tone and blood sugar regulation and metabolic syndrome and weight management and things wow. like that, like obesity. And I just, I mean, it's like this whole other system that is just, you know, waiting to be explored. So much left to uncover and explore. Well, wow, this was fascinating. I've got one more question to throw at you, unless you can think of anything else that you feel like you'd like to add. 
Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm super excited to, uh, to continue to read your book and, you know, everybody listening to this who's interested, happens to be interested in CBD, or even if you are not interested in CBD, but you, you know, have been personally affected by anxiety, by autoimmunity. I mean, definitely check out Gretchen's book. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on? Um, I, well, actually I, I always like to tell people how I use CBD (laughs) because I feel like just very overwhelming. And I'm sure like I've sort of been talking your ear off and some people are like, whoa, slow down. Who is this girl? Mm -hmm. But, um, I use CBD. Well, I said like, you know, 10 milligrams a day right under your tongue. Um, and I just think it like really promotes like a state of balance and, you know, resilience. Um, then I'll take like, you know, 30 or 40 milligrams if I'm particularly stressed out or like, you know, suffering from some anxiety, And then I also, my favorite way to use CBD now is, um, like many people, I have like terrible neck pain and like a bit of TMJ jaw pain going on. And I do like a topical CBD every night before bed, like on my neck and jaw. And I I found that it's really, really helped. Wow. Those are just like a few fun starting points. And the topical products sometimes are like more fun to start with. Is there, I mean, so we know you're not affiliated with any brand, but I mean, for people wanting to go and pick up a bottle, I mean, is there any, you know, a brand or two that you can name that you trust that you've tried and that people can maybe experiment with? Yeah, definitely. So I, for topical products, I really love um, Dr. Kirkland. Uh, He's, I interviewed him for my book. He's super knowledgeable. Uh, he actually started out as like a medical cannabis, you know, in California and then has expanded into CBD only products. Um, I, I like CW hemp everyone, you know, they have a, I use their tincture because they have higher doses than most people. Like is that Charlotte's web? Yeah. Charlotte's web. Got it. Yeah. And, uh, theirs aren't the best tasting, but I do like that they have the high, the higher doses. Um, I also love, uh, Lord Jones. They just came out with a tincture, um, and they have like a lemon tincture. That's amazing. You can like put it in a salad. Um, and actually part of my book is, you know, all about incorporating CBD into your everyday routine. And so I have recipes there on like how to incorporate it into food and self-care rituals and things like that. And then one more brand that I love, cause I think they taste absolutely amazing is, uh, it's called two rise naturals. And they have a, they have a THC free product that's made with like vanilla oil. And it's like amazing just to like drizzle on a, like a London fog or your latte in the morning. I love that you have recipes in your book. And, uh, actually Charlotte's web is the brand that I tried for the first time. Mm -hmm. And I, I liked, I did like the flavor. It was, um, sort of like a chocolate mint, I guess that I had had. And I like that most of the time, at least from what I've seen, the CBD oil is, it's sort of like an infusion and the base tends to be, uh, MCT oil, mm-hmm. you know? So I guess for anybody out there looking for a CBD tincture, you want to make sure that, you know, that the base oil is a healthy oil and, you know, anybody who's read genius foods will know, you know, I support MCT. What you don't want to buy are extracts that are made with a base of like sunflower oil, safflower oil, any of those like unhealthy oils. I don't even know if, if those exist, but I guess. They, I'm sure they do. I mean, yeah. you know, and that's, it's funny you mentioned that like in the book, I have a whole section on like distinguishing between, I really think that the ability to go 
walk down the grocery store aisle or walk into a restaurant and know good fats from bad fats are is like the most important health skill you can have these days. Critical, critical, critical. Yeah. So, uh, and luckily, a lot of most brands are like you know one has like macadamia oil or MCT oil, coconut oil. Uh, CW Hamper Charlotte's Web also has one in olive oil, which is cool. Um, That's cool. Yeah. It's a genius food. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, Gretchen, I'm going to ask you my last question that I ask to every guest on this podcast. But before I get to that, how can listeners um, find you and your work on the interweb? Cool. So um, my book is called CBD Oil Everyday Secrets, uh, a lifestyle guide to hemp-derived health and wellness. And you can buy that right on Amazon. It publishes on October 9th, which I'm so excited about. Um, and your first book, that's exciting. I know it's my first book. It's so, it's like, I honestly didn't believe it until it was in my hands and I was staring at it. And even then I had to like bring it to a friend and be like, (laughs) 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 it's amazing. I can totally relate. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. And then my website is uh, just GretchenLittaker.com. All right. Well, the last question is, Gretchen, what does it mean to you to live like a genius? What is a genius life to you? (sighs) To me, these days, I think, you know, there's so much health information out there. And to me, it's sort of like that ability to filter it, you know, on site. Like, is this for me or is this not? You know, I just feel like we can sometimes we can end up doing more harm than good when we, you know, get carried away with every single, you know, thing that people want us to do. And I just think, you know, for me, it's like living a genius life is like defining health for myself and knowing what works for me and what doesn't. I love that. Thanks. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> um, sounds about right. Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for uh, jumping on the Genius Life. This has been really fun, really enlightening. And um, yeah, as I mentioned, I can't wait to finish your book. If you're listening out there in podcast land, be sure to check out Gretchen and her work. As she mentioned, she's an editor on Mind Body Green. She's got this wonderful book. And I'm going to put a link to everything in the show notes at maxlugavir.com. So be sure to check that out. And uh, as always, guys, I love you very much. Appreciate your attention and uh, look forward to catching you on the next episode of The Genius Life. Peace.